Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Maggie. I'm Wanda. And we're here with my turn. I mean, the life of Maggie, I guess, but it's my turn to shine. Finally, you don't have to listen to Wanda talk all the time. JK, JK. I love hearing you talk, Wanda. Feel attacked. I just shared something so deep and personal to me. So deep and vulnerable. Yeah. This is why I don't show my true feelings to you. This is why we're not close. (laughs) Honestly, that's why I was saying, like, you could probably just tell my life story for me. Yeah, but like I don't know everything and I'm I'm eager to learn more. Aw, cute. Yeah, that was funny because I think you were like, Oh, Maggie, it's your turn. And I was like, I have nothing to say. And you were like, But what about this and this and this and this? I was like, ah. You're right. I forgot about all that. I had blocked this out from my memory. Yeah. Tell me you had a bad childhood without telling me <laughs> you had a bad childhood. I had an okay childhood, but like we'll get into that in a bit. So before we get started, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. So we have been on a one-week trend of me sharing my dreams. We're going to make that a two-week trend of me sharing my dreams now. So I've been really craving margaritas for the past week. And... Parts of me wonder, am I turning into an alcoholic? Because it was a really deep craving. It got so deep to the point that I had a dream about it. I was in this nice restaurant. Maggie was there. Jordan was there. Sally, Dan, Prabby, all were there. All my friends were there. And they had this interesting fondue thing with bread. And the waitress comes over and gives Maggie a basket of bread which she decides just to take one single slice of bread from the basket. And the waitress was like, oh, wait. Oh, you're supposed to take the whole thing. And Maggie was like, what do you mean? And then she received the basket. And she was very embarrassed for some reason. But then I tried to order a margarita. And they're like, sorry, we only have like mezcal margaritas, which is not tequila-based, or I don't think it is. But it's just like alcohol that's called like mezcal or something and it's like a weird taste like it almost tastes like gasoline maggie got it once in a mojito it it wasn't great yeah or no it wasn't a mojito it was like a uh what's that thing like a the gingery drink with the copper container yeah and a moscow mule and i was so disappointed because in my dream i could not satisfy my desire for a margarita but I did finally get one later that week and it was it was amazing it was all the things I've dreamt about all the things I couldn't have in my life and everything was right in the world again very strange dream um it's funny about the part that I was embarrassed with the bread like oh my god I ordered a whole bread basket for myself <laughs> I, I don't know why you thought you only took to think to take one piece of bread from this basket. Like it was like a communal basket of bread or something <laughs> that she, the waitress was like bringing around to all the different tables. That honestly sounds like something that I would do anyway. So on brand. Yeah. I, I was going to tell you, but then I was like, you know what? No, I want to save it for the podcast. Aww, so I had to cute. write it down. Remember last time I was like, I'm going to text myself all the updates. And you were like, don't do that. I want to hear it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't go both ways. Oh, okay. <laughs> you never, you never <laughs> told me to wait. <laughs> you never. It's okay. It's okay. It wasn't that interesting. It wasn't that funny. So, it, like, it was fine. It was fine to wait. Anyways, what do you have going on this week? So my update is I. Okay, so some context. I was joking to my boyfriend's best friend 
he did an escape room with his wife. He did two, actually. And I was like, wow, that's like a solid sign of a good relationship, I guess. Like, you did an escape room together. Like, you're locked in a room. You have to work together. I feel like that should be added to your list, Wanda, of um, things that could make or break a relationship. Do you agree? I don't like escape rooms, so I don't want to add it to my list. Like, you know how I feel about, like, extracurricular activities. (laughs) Yes, but I would have thought, wait, I could have, have we never done an escape room together? I don't know if we did one together. I have done one in my life, and Justin cheated the entire time. I remember this now. I actually, so I went to that escape room recently with Nick, and I was, like, looking on the board to see if our name was on there because i remember we wrote justin on the board yeah oh yeah i was like kind of like sad because like we paid so much for it and justin just like hacked all the locks and i was like what that took like 10 minutes yeah when we came out the person was like wait a second fished and we're like yeah and she's like but that's so fast and we're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) we didn't even finish all the all the clues but yeah yeah because we gave up. It, like, we couldn't find something. And then, like, because we couldn't find it, Justin was like, oh, I got the lock already. Yeah. A little, little disappointing. But that was a really cool escape room, though. That was, like, you had to, like, crawl through a book space or something. And, like, it went to, like, other rooms. I really like those kinds. Um, it was expensive. Yeah. All escape rooms are so expensive. Apparently, there's yeah. ones where, like, there's live actors in it, too. And I think I would be terrified. I equate that to something like Halloween Haunt or going to, like, a haunted house or something. Yeah. If when, like, the actors and stuff, like, they can't touch you, but they come up to you and they make scary noises or they jump out. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't have the heart for that. Oh, my God. So I've gone to Halloween Haunt maybe, like, once in my life. It was was when I was, like, maybe, like, 14, 15. And I went with both my brothers and... Hugh, my older brother's friend at the time. And his friend was kind of like a douchebag. So like the rule was like you can't touch the actors or something or creatures, whatever, or they'll touch you back. And we were in this like haunted room and there was like a sexy nurse or something. And then afterwards the best friend was like, oh wow, I wouldn't mind touching her so she could touch me back. And then we went to see like another play or something. And, like, there was, like, a vampire with, like, huge boobs. And then afterwards, like, the best friend was, like, randomly, like, commenting to me, like, oh, wow, like, her boobs are huge. Like, she was so hot. And I was, like, okay. And then I, then Hugh turned to him and was, like, why are you telling my sister about how hot this vampire was? It's so weird. Um, Yeah, that was a weird moment. Anyways, they're not friends anymore. Not because of that moment, but I feel like that was, like, a red flag there. Why was a sexy nurse working at a haunted house? Oh, it was like in this vampire, um, vampire house thing. Like she was like getting the blood out of a patient into the vampire. Or maybe uh, the nurse was the vampire. It's unclear to me right now. I just remember like having my eyes closed most of the time. That's so funny. <laughs> Which is like not a good thing, I guess. But like I'm just eyes closed. My eyes are holding onto my brother. Like, okay, just guide me through this. I don't care. How old were you? I was like 14. Oh, okay. Nothing would change. I still probably would be terrified of haunted houses. I would never go into one. Have you never been in one? Nope. This is for the uh, best. 
No, I don't think so. I think I'd be like way too scared. I don't even like tight spaces. I went into a cave once in grade eight for like a grade eight field trip. And I got so claustrophobic in the cave, I started crying. Oh my God. And they had to leave me out. Wait, were you the one who was stuck in an elevator once? Yes. That was not a great experience either because it was a small elevator and there was like 15 people in the elevator and it was hot because we're all in our winter jackets. But a nice lady did help me take off my coat because I was so squished up against her. Oh, did anyone like mark their territory? No, no one peed. But a few people Mm. did crack open some alcohol and beers and stuff. Oh my, not a good call. (laughs) They were like, you know, we've been in here for a while. We might as well just start drinking. And we're like- At Guelph? No, this was in Toronto. Um, So there's, in Toronto, there's these famous condos. It's called the Ice Condos. And they're very, very tall. And they're very well known to just all the Airbnbs. So when the checkout time is 11 o'clock, around like 10 30 to like 11 the elevators get jam-packed like you can't even get an elevator or you can't even get on if you're like not anywhere near the top so you just get pretty much fucked over and you can't leave or if you do try to leave you might get stuck in one of the elevators which apparently has been happening really often oh i was gonna add on to that so like on tiktok there's been a huge like slander thing against ice condos and i saw blog to post about it too how ice condos is like what's the word where it's like the shithole of toronto they're like the worst condos to ever live in and i saw these signs that were like people were like getting bristol board and writing on like sharpie like do not rent from here landlord treats us like pets or something like this is a horrible place and there's always like crime and police going on at ice condos and like they never monitor like the temperature so it's either always super cold super hot and then i saw a tiktok where there was like blood leading into the elevator like just a blood trail at the ice condos and like, gunshots and like yeah there's always parties going on so to all the toronto people out there do not live in ice condos and to all the out-of-towners who think about going to toronto do not rent from the ice condos yeah i think we did once and it was like freezing cold all night and i like slept with my winter jacket on the i heard that they also had like a flooding um a few years ago and they could not get downstairs because there would be no way to get upstairs unless you took the stairs and for a condo that's like 50 levels it you just you just don't anyway anyways sorry back to my update (laughs) so me and nick (laughs) did an escape room (laughs) um yeah i was i was like warning him ahead of time i was like hey by the way like i'm not really good at escape rooms like i have maybe like a two percent pass rate like i do escape rooms sometimes like i used to be like really into them for my birthdays and stuff when we'd always go um but yeah i can never solve them and i was just like my brain is not built like that i'm just impatient and i want the spoilers and i like it when they give me hints um and i was like oh man are we gonna bicker the whole time but no it was actually like pretty good we got an escape room we did it It good 50 50 teamwork wow i'm impressed yeah me too we had like a minute to spare Actually, it was technically 15 seconds, but it was really anticlimactic. So the theme was like 13 doors. So it's like your grandma left you an inheritance. You have to unlock all 13 doors. So we unlocked all of them. And there's like a massive like key at the end. We're like, where does this key go? But we already unlocked all the doors. Is there like a hidden door? 
And then we were just kind of holding it like, what do we do now? Is someone supposed to come in? I thought they were watching us on a camera. And then we had to ring the thing. And they were like, oh, you're done. So like, I guess we could have like finished earlier. But we we thought we would get like some premium service where they would be watching us all the time. <laughs> this is my 13th reason why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's pretty good. Um, next is Overcooked. Nick does have Overcooked. On his thing, he just says, like, give me, like, 24-hour heads up. I need to warm up my my gaming system because it takes, like, a long time to start up. And then we can play. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be in the mood, like, 24 hours. Usually it'd be, like, an hour thing. Yeah, I, it's hard to, like, plan that because it's like, what if he turns it on? You're like, oh, well, like, I don't really feel like it anymore. Yeah. Also, I get bored of games, like, kind of quickly, so. Yeah. I still want to play. I, I love Overcooked, but Jordan finds it too stressful. <laughs> oh, so no. he won't play with me. Should we play? We should play. Wow. Are you going to lose it at me? No, I think I'm a very chill person when I play Overcooked. I don't think I get angry at games and stuff. Me neither. I didn't understand when people got angry with games. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that type of person. I get angry at other stuff. Wow, you're so chill and mellow, Wanda. You've calmed down Dang. so much. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been told. <laughs> okay. So who's your beef or crush of the week? So I guess I have like I I'll I have like so many. I have two crushes and a beef. <laughs> mm. So positives first, I guess. Uh crush. I've been loving Veronica Mars. Apparently, there used to be, like, a cult following for Veronica Mars, and I totally see why, because I'm almost through two seasons in, like, three days. It's so good. And it's so good. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. The characters are amazing. Kristen Bell is amazing. Um, there's always, like, each episode has, like, a different mystery or, like, uh, multiple mysteries, but then each season has, like, a mystery like a season-long mystery so it's like every episode is like slowly going toward like solving the main mystery of the season but then you don't get bored because like every other like every episode they're also doing something else and like there's a conclusion at the end of each episode where like she helps something or she finds something you know because she's like kind of like a crime solver detective wow. type thing yeah it's so good i hear good things about it i just don't have crave and i wish I could find it somewhere easier instead of streaming it illegally. Well, you you know what you have to do. I am not going to name my firstborn after you. <laughs> it doesn't have to be after me. <laughs> I am not going to give you naming rights to my first child. Do you know how I'm going to go through nine months of hard labor, then go through however many hours of pushing out of my vagina for you to be like, haha, Dibs, got to name this one. Um... So you think it's worth it? You think the nine months plus however long to push out this child is worth, like, naming it is worth all of that? I think I deserve the rights to name it after all that. I don't think you do. What about, like, the next child, the one that you care slightly less about? Hmm. What if I get, like, a girl and then I, and the second one's a boy? Then I get one of each. Yeah. Okay, well, then if you have a third one. Oh, third one, yeah, that's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> to all the <laughs> third children out there hmm is this a sign of uh at my future third child if i happen to have a third child don't listen to this 
Yeah, mommy doesn't care about you. Mommy only cared about the first two. <laughs> mommy cares about you, just not about your name. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a cool story. Mm. Anyways, um, so my second crush is, um, so there's br- there's like a bunch of like Instagram brands of like um, athletic wear and all that stuff. And like, I really, I, I wouldn't say I like the company, but um it's this company called Alphaly, and they recently came out with a bra. And I don't know what the bra is called off the top of my head, but it is one of the most flattering sports bras that I've ever put on. Mm. And I am large-chested. I would, <laughs> and I have been for all of my life, and it's hard to find something that's like cute but also functional. Um, that also just don't just squish your boobs down into nothingness. Um, so. This bra that I tried, it makes my boobs pop. Uh, they look great. It's very supportive such that they don't move around when I'm like jumping around and stuff. And it's probably one of the best sports bras I've put on in a very long time. And I want to yeah. go buy more, but they're so expensive. And How much are they? I think they were like $40 USD, but I got it like on a 20% sale. So it was probably hmm. like 35 USD. It's the USD that really messes you. Yeah. We'll put a picture. I'll put a picture up here or somewhere. No, here. No, no, I'm going to want to buy it. (laughs) it, Like, honestly, like, I would not recommend it if it wasn't amazing. But then again, I did recommend, like, Lulu leggings to you, and you didn't think they were that great. I forget which one you recommended to me. I was very picky about Lululemon leggings, though, because everything falls down on me. The Align leggings. Oh, yeah. Those fall down on me so hard. They show everything. Yeah, I I've come just come to accept it though. You know, cellulite, smell you light. I have not accepted that yet. That's really great though, like body positivity, but like I'm not there yet. I mean, realistically, no one notices it. I notice it. And my mother does. Oh my god, just don't wear leggings in front of your mother. Every time if I'm like in leggings and I'm just like about to go to the gym, she'll like tap on my stomach on the leggings. She like, mm. "Oh my god." Yeah, very passive aggressive. Yeah, very. Um, okay, so the last, I guess, beef of the week uh, is I'm starting to get mask acne. Mask acne? I don't know. <gasps> um, but if you look on the camera, you can see like a trail of like pimples that lead from my nose all the way down to my cheek. But this is where my mask rests on my face like right here this is right here is where the pinching happens on my nose and right here is where i've developed like bumps and like uncomfortable painful like red spots um and i'm quite upset about that i literally because... see nothing oh my god i'm, I'm not gonna, like i'm not gonna like towards <laughs> the camera but like it's there just trust me that it's there it's like there's like the red spot right here and then there's like other things that go down my face like, see, right here. I you think can it's see because, like, like, you wear your mask working out, right? All the sweat yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. help. Yeah. But it's like, do, do I care more about getting COVID or do I care about my, how my face looks? It's really hard. It's kind of like a toss-up right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I see us taking off our mask for, like, a long time anyway, so you're good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the more I wear it, the more it gets covered up, but the worse it could get. <laughs> yeah. To all my acne-prone people out there. It's been a tough pandemic for us. Yeah. 
And like, I'm shocked that it's only starting to happen now. Like yeah. I've worn a mask for a long time. I've worked out in a mask for a long time. And this is kind of the first month it's happened. And I kind of hate it. Yeah, kind of weird. But maybe it's like the season too. Like with allergies and stuff makes your skin drier and all that. Or oily. God, aller- allergies affect all aspects of my life. Honestly, yes. <laughs> okay. What is your beef or crush of the week? I have a crush and a beef. My crush is, I, I've been telling Wanda about this, it's Jack Harlow for some reason. It's like the rapper, if you guys know the song, like, What's Poppin'? If you know Industry Baby, he's with Lil Nas. He looks like like a typical white boy. Like, I'll, I'll put a picture here. Which way am I putting this? Mm, he, this way. he looks like Post Malone. He does not. He looks like a more attractive Post Malone, but you know what it is? It's because he's so, like, video charismatic. Like, he's not, like, photogenic, but in videos and interviews... Oh my god, that guy is so charismatic. How old is he? I think he's like 23. He's younger than me? What the hell? They keep getting younger and younger, and now I'm going to be afraid to have like celebrity crushes soon. Yeah, he's 23. He was born oh. in 98. Ugh. Oh, fuck. Ugh. I'm, a, I'm a pedophile. I mean, he's two years younger than you. It's not the worst I'm thing I'm a pedophile. <laughs> you know how last time you just clipped you calling me a perv let's just clip that part where you say i'm a pedophile (laughs) um no (laughs) um but yeah i think he's like my celebrity crush right now um but wait until i see the movie dune and then timothy chalamet will be back to being my celebrity crush again honestly little naz is more attractive than he is no politely no (laughs) (laughs) politely yes (laughs) (laughs) um okay so my beef is actually it's kind of funny so wanda suggested that we play this game called gartic phone and it's kind of like pictionary or if you've ever played telestrations before but it's all virtual it's like pretty fun and we were playing this the other night it was me nick wanda jordan and then prabby joined us and i think my prompt was like comedian tells a joke to a crowd no one laughs and then everyone, like, tried to draw me to be funny. And then Nick was like, oh, I was going to draw, like, Maggie not being funny, but then I think she would get mad at me. And I was like, what? And then and then I think, like, Prabby and Wanda were like, oh, yeah, like, we were drawing Maggie. Like, those were her jokes there. And then Nick was like, oh, so it's Maggie not being funny. Classic. And I was like, what? What? Are we going to fight right now? What? Uh I I didn't specifically draw Maggie, but I did use a joke that Maggie uses very often that is not the funniest thing to most people, but it's the funniest thing to Maggie. It's like a pretty good joke. Yeah. Because I wrote, um, so Maggie loves this joke of the show 16, like what happens when they turn 17. So I wrote kind of like 16, what about 17? And it was just like crickets in the audience. And then Prabby decided to uh, draw something similar, except his was Jeffrey, I'm afraid, which if you know Maggie, you know that she's been saying this nonstop. Yeah, I have. (laughs) In the same game though, Jordan drew me very chunky like ball chunky and he was like i was trying to make you thick i'm like i look like a ball like i look like i could curl up and roll around right now <laughs> it was cute though yeah i guess he did spend a lot of effort into it i, yeah, I will give did. him that he his drawings were actually like very good 
Yeah, and Nick drew very detailed penises, and they slowly got better and better. <laughs> For some reason, he just always found a way to, to incorporate a penis. Yeah, no matter what it was, it was just penis. Always penises involved. Classic, yeah. classic game. Yeah. At least he okay. has, um, I guess he's very secure with his masculinity that he can just draw so many penises. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. His vaginas weren't too good, but his penises were penises on point. Penises game was, yeah, very good. No. <laughs> Anyways, that's our that's my beef and crush of the week. Every time, I feel like for the next while, I'm just always gonna have beef with him. Good. This is the part of the relationship I like. This like when you get to the point where you stop just being in that like lovey dovey super like, oh you're my everything and you're so nice to each other and you're like always complimenting each other and you just start to get to fighting. Not like fighting, but like fighting. Yeah, like petty fights. Petty fights, yeah. yeah like passive aggressive. Yeah. It's yeah. cute. Yeah, I think it's I think it's funny. Um I feel I would still say we're still nice to each other. We're at yeah. almost a six month mark. Not bad. Oh. Time Long flies. Time. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Um, I guess it's the story of Maggie. Um, I don't really know where to start. I guess I'll start from the very beginning. Not Wanda's uterus story. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, not in Wanda's uterus. <laughs> <laughs> I was not born in Wanda's uterus, contrary to popular belief. Yeah. Wanda is not my mother. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was born in Canada to two immigrant Vietnamese parents. Um, I am the middle child. Um, nothing monumental happened, I think. I think I was always like a fat baby. Like people, my mom would tell me like people always commented like how fat I was as a baby. And they're like, oh my God, she's so ugly. And my mom was like, holy shit, you were so big. Like you ate so much food and everything, like nonstop eating. And I was like, okay, I was growing. I was a baby. What are you going to do? Put me on a diet? So I think like from the very beginning, my body was always commented on. And I think like in Asian culture, I think that's kind of like the consequence of being a girl that your looks and your body are always going to be scrutinized. And I think that did not stop for a very long time because everyone in my life still thinks they can comment on my body. But anyways, going back to my childhood. Um, I think it was like relatively okay. Okay, my parents objectively did not love each other. I think it was like those classic like Asian parent, Asian family kind of thing where they were just like, they tolerated each other. I think it was like strange. I think being around like parents like that, I think that they are very, they're definitely very strict in my childhood. Like everything I did was watch, I think with a critical eye, like my food and stuff. I think like my mom did tend to steer me towards like healthier options, like orange sherbet or something, junior chickens, I would have to split that or something. I don't know, just like everything I did, like I think my body and food and everything I did was, yeah, washed a lot. And every time I went back to Vietnam, people would always comment on my body. And it kind of sucked. And I remember there were periods of times where I would just like cry. And this was like a very young age, like six or seven, where I was like, I just won't eat then. And then they're like, no, you have to eat. So I think that was like kind of stupid. Looking back, I was like, wow, I would never want to do that to my daughter or like son or like anything. And I was talking about this with like my younger brother like a while ago and he was like yeah I felt like my body was also like scrutinized like I was always like the fat one and I was like I was always the fat one you can't claim that title you're both you're allowed both to have like 
We're both insecurities. allowed to be fat. <laughs> yeah, and also you're both allowed to be fat and you're both allowed to be criticized. I mean, like not allowed, but like it's it could like it happened to both of you probably. Yeah. I think so. And I think like because we were so like scrutinized, I think like my parents tend to compare me to like other people too. So like, oh, that girl's like way prettier than you. That girl's way skinnier than you. Like that girl gets way better marks than you. Why can't you be like her? So I think like that kind of made me more competitive as a kid. And I think like because I was like most of the time like the only Asian person, I was like, haha, I'm better than everyone. So I think I was kind of an asshole as a kid where I would like very openly be like, oh, you don't have this. Well, I have this because I was always like programmed to compare myself to other people, which is not a good thing. But I guess when you're a kid, you're kind of a sociopath and you do what your parents want to do. Um, And I think, too, like the friends I made as a kid were not great. I think like they would always make weird comments. I think, yeah, I think I didn't really have a consistent friend. I always had like different friends each year. And I think my only consistent friend didn't start until, I want to say like grade five or maybe, yeah, I think Amy and Sally were like my first like consistent friends. Everyone else has like kind of come and go. Yeah. And I remember like there were always like little microaggressions here and there in like elementary school, middle school, where I think people started to pick up that I was Asian. And then they would like, I would always be like the butt of the jokes kind of thing. And like, I went along with it because I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, cool. But I remember there are like little comments and things that I think still stick by me. So yeah, that's always fun. And then I think another highlight of my life was when my parents got divorced. And that was at the time a bad moment, but looking back, it is a great moment. I think it was for the best. They shouldn't have even got together in the first place. Um, my dad went to Vietnam for a bit. My mom watched us. Um, and then my brother, my older brother, got his girlfriend at the time pregnant. And then I had a nephew. Yeah, it's all fun and games. Was that, like, within the same span of time? Yeah, very close together. I would say, oh, like, my yeah. parents' divorce didn't start happening until, like, grade 8. Grade 7 is or your, 8. <laughs> is your first nephew, like, a grief nephew? A grief nephew. Like, because of your parents, like, divorce, your brother, like, decided to... I didn't say that. With a, <laughs> with a kid they, or something. They did happen in, in like, a very short time span, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very, very strange. Um, I don't know what else there's to say about my elementary and middle school days, except everything I've always said before. People were kind of mean. People sucked. My parents kind of sucked at the time. I think, yeah, I think I sucked too. I sucked a lot. Very, very like, low self-esteem and everything. I think it's funny that you're like, oh, I, they started to pick up on the fact that I was Asian. Like they <laughs> didn't before. And then so, one day they bro woke up and they're like, wait a second, Maggie's a different race than I am. I think that's when kids start to pick up on Asian jokes, like from TV or like just from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't think I got, like, it as bad as you did, but I think, like, people would still make the occasional, like, oh, you eat dog jokes, or I'm going to keep my dog away from you, like, kind of. Man, fuck family guy. Yeah, honestly, I hate, I don't like that show. Yeah. Any show, I think, that has to use racism as, like, the butt of the jokes, probably not a good show. There's, like, other things to joke about. I guess high school was kind of a game changer, like Wanda had mentioned. This is where, like, I made, like, a lot of really good friends. Um... Yeah, I went for the IB program. 
And I think like a similar mindset, I was like, wow, I'm going to be the best and smartest one. People are going to know me for being like so smart because I was so smart in my other schools and I was so better than everyone else. But like quickly I was humbled because everyone is Asian and everyone is so smart. <laughs> and everyone also comes from like immigrant families who like have high expectations of them. And I think that's when I was like, whoa, I'm not like that unique. I'm just like every other basic bitch up in here. Not like that way, but it's like, yeah, it was like a weird realization. And I think like, I think like everyone kind of has like that thing where, yeah, they want to be like the best kind of thing and like they want to fit in. And I think I made some like also weird friends because I was so desperate for friendship. And at that point I was always like, yeah, I'm so outgoing. Like I can make friends with anyone. And I wasn't always with like Sally and Gabby who are like my best friends now. So I was like forced to make my own friends. But I think through that I made some weird friend decisions at the time I think I just I was just like willing to talk to anyone and then I think like yeah I think I like ended up like dating a guy like I didn't really like that much and he was also like a really good friend and like there were many red flags there that like you should not date this guy I didn't even like talking to him that much I think we were more of like online friends kind of thing you know like where you talk to like MSN on Skype kind of thing we never really talked in person but yeah so like that was kind of like a weird decision and then I feel like that was like the moment where I was like, whoa, I am not meant for relationships, I think. I just like don't like being around this person. This person is not like that true. He's not ugly, but I think to me, like he was not attractive to me. And like, I don't, I don't see a lot of like great traits in this person. And I just like quickly like made up excuses to like avoid them and not be around them. And then like after that whole thing ended, I was like, wow, I am not meant for relationships. Like this is not like my kind of thing. I hate it. Not like I hate it, but I'm like, I'm going to wait until I'm like with someone who's like very comfortable to me. Like, I don't want to get in the same thing that like my, my parents did. But, like, you just like don't like the other person. You're just tolerating them. So I'm like, you know what? I, I'm in no rush right now. I, I'm cool. I'll just I'll just stay single. Did your mom let you date in high school or was she like no dating till? We didn't really have that conversation. We're not like a super touchy feely family. So... I just always assumed that I wasn't supposed to date in high school. Mm. But it's weird because my older brother did. And your younger brother did too. My younger brother did as well. Mm. But I was always, I think because I saw myself more as like the rock and like the stable one in the family. So I'm like, you know what? My stuff doesn't matter. Like I, I need to be like the strong one in the family kind of thing and not show emotion like dating stuff like that and Hugh has commented that I'm like a robot and that I show no emotion but I feel I feel like I'm quite an emotional person I just like don't like to show it to my family I like that yes. you're nodding like you're so emotional man you don't even know <laughs> you cried on a TikTok the other day you literally told me that you've been on and off crying for like the last couple of weeks to Nick and you're like yeah you know Nick's handling it pretty well so I'm like if that's my basis of like uh how emotional you are like i would say you're like pretty emotional like not in the sense of like it's bad i'm just saying like you show like you're you have a whole spectrum of emotion and you tend to show it a lot yeah i think i do too but i think just not to my family yeah i think because like my younger brother cried a lot growing up and we used to make fun of him and so i think mm -hmm. like it was taboo to cry in the family like if you cry mm -hmm. you're weak if you show emotion you're weak if you get bad grades even weaker um, Are you going to expose uh, what this guy did to you, like, after you broke up? Oh, yeah. He was, like, kind of shitty. I guess, like, 
we had a mutual breakup, I guess. But then I think like he thought we would get back together or something after like we had a discussion online. And then um, and then I was talking to him about my iPod at the time. And I was like, oh, I want to play games with it. I can't figure out how to jailbreak it, though. And then he was like, oh, let me do it. So he did it for me. And then he went to so my family owns like a store and I usually work at the store like I still do today. Um, yeah, so he came by to the store to drop things off. But we were really busy at the store. So like I didn't really like talk to him immediately when I didn't see him until like, I guess, a while. And he was supposed to go to a party that day. And I didn't make him go to the store to drop something off for me. I said, like, whenever. I'm in no rush. And then I guess he waited and he got, like, really upset. He was like, I could have gone to a party. Like, you made me wait for so long. And, like, we're not even getting back together. And then that's when the bullying started. And then he would send me, like, horrible messages. He, oh, so, like, at the time, you know, like, people would post pictures on Facebook. And, like, I guess I wore, like, an outfit that wasn't super flattering that day because it made me look, like, really big. I guess bigger than I actually was. And he would like take pictures of it and then send it to my friends and then say like, oh, Maggie looks like really fat here. Like she gained so much weight. And then those people would tell me and then they'd be like, oh my God, like why is he saying all this stuff to me? Like what's going on between you two? And I was like, I don't know either. Um, and then he would take like his friend's phone and then text me like stuff like how I'm a bitch, how I'm like gross, ugly, I'm so fat, I'm like the worst person, I'm going to be forever alone, that kind of thing. Um yeah, that was kind of a weird, that was a weird moment. And that went on for like a really long time where I just kind of like tried to ignore it because I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. I am very confused. I didn't think I did anything. Um, I thought it was like an amicable breakup. Um, but I think at the time too, I guess I was like kind of into someone and I think he heard of that and got kind of, kind of jealous and I guess just took it out. Um, and then yeah, and then I think we messaged, oh, I was like going back to our Facebook messages and I was showing Wanda and I think I was, yeah, I only told you recently about this, but mm -hmm. the messages were like, I told him like, hey, can you like leave me alone? Like all I hear is like you talking about me, like get your own life, like stay out of mine, like get over yourself kind of thing. And then he told me like how like horrible I was, that kind of thing. And then I ended up apologizing, which made no sense. And I'm very mad at like 15 year old Maggie for doing that. Um, so yeah, I was supposed to hang out with him like recently with all of our friends. And I bailed because I was just like, mm, I'm angry again at this person. But like, he's like yeah. a great person now. Like he's moved on, like he's matured kind of thing. Or so we think. Forgive, never forget. That is what yeah. elephants do. And according to uh, Wanda, I am an elephant. <laughs> context, it's because she asked me, she was like, do you think I forget a lot of conversations? And I'm like, I don't think so. I think you're an elephant because an elephant never forgets. Uh, just want to put it out there. Maggie was objectively very, very thin in grade nine. So the fact that he took pictures of you in like an outfit that you think might have just been unflattering and started calling you fat, saying you gained all that weight. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and I can't imagine any outfit that would make you look like you had. Yeah, very, no matter how bad. Very, very weird time. But I think even yeah. at that time, too, like... Even, like, people I didn't know, like, it's always the guys for some reason who felt the need to comment on my body. I don't know if it was, like, a nagging thing, but remember the guy we both mutually hated, the Korean guy, where he was, like, mm -hmm. oh, like, you're big-boned. Like, you're not fat, but you're just, like, really big-boned. And I was, like, okay, I don't know you. And he just, like, kept going on about how big-boned I was. And I was, like, dude, I don't, I don't know you. Like, why are you talking about me like this? 
So I feel like it's always been kind of a consistent thing. Like every guy in my life has always like commented on my body, which is why I think like I tried to stay away from guys for so long. Not not like stayed away, but like I was very reluctant to date because I was like, ugh, like this is going to happen all over again. Like people are just going to like comment on my body, whatever kind of thing. Yeah, I think, like, the only guy who really hasn't commented on my body, who, who was, like, close friends with, was Pravi. Thanks, Pravi. Actually, Aww. no, he commented I had a big butt once. And now that's a good thing. Now it's a good thing. <laughs> Thanks, Pravi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think for most of high school, I didn't really date after that. What else happened in high school? You got elected to be on the uh, charity event thing. Oh, yeah, that was, like, whatever. That was, like, I tend to, like, have, like, tunnel vision about, like, extracurriculars and stuff. So, like, that at the time was, like, huge to me. And I was, like, this is my life now. I don't care about school. And that kind of carried towards university. Um, yeah, I tend to get, like, tunnel vision on anything that I really like. Good Do you thing? think that, like, the extracurriculars, like, your love for them started in high school? Yeah, 100%. I would say started in high school. Because we didn't really have extracurriculars in, like, middle school. And if we did, you had to be there, like, super early. You did a great job at it. Oh, thanks. I think I was kind of a micromanager, though. I think I yeah, have a you're tendency. you all the time. Yeah, I have a tendency to do that and be, get, like, really dramatic and not trust people. Yeah, then my ugly side comes out. <laughs> it's more of just, like, a passive aggressiveness, though. Like, you can see it on your face that you're angry, but it just comes out as, like, Ugh, I'll just do it then. Yeah. That was fun. And then university came, yay. And I didn't get into my schools of choice. I think my very first choice was Western Ivy. And I didn't get into that. Um, I think I got into like their general business one. I don't even remember if I applied to that actually, or if I applied to like some general arts. But yeah, I was like, no way, I'm going to Western just for their general business program, it sucks. And then my second choice I think was Wilfrid Laurier Business School. I don't know why. I think it was because like, I want to say maybe it's because Sally was going to Waterloo and I was like, yeah, Wilfrid Laurier is like a great business program. Let's go there. I've read good things about it. I didn't get in there and I was so upset and they tried to give me, get me into their econ program. And I was like, no, thanks. Um, yeah, but then I got into like other schools like Guelph, Mac and Brock, I think. And I was like, Ugh, out of all those schools, I'd rather Mac. I didn't know about the time that you had applied to Guelph or like you got into Guelph. Yes, you did. Did I? Yeah, because so I, I messaged really, you. And so I could have gone to Guelph with you. Yeah. Damn. There was no way. There was no way. Like, I remember when, like, I messaged you being like, oh, hey, I got into Guelph. And you're like, oh, me too and stuff. And I was like, would you go? And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because, like, they were known for, like, their farming program or something. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I, like, see myself at Guelph. I see myself more at Mac. And now I'm like, yeah, I can't see myself at Guelph at all. I don't know if I'd fit in. But I feel like if I went, I would stick to you like like glue. Like you would get so sick of me. I mean, on the bright side, we could have roomed together. And Aww. I would have had, I don't know, maybe we wouldn't have been such good friends if we did room together because like that's very close proximity to <laughs> someone for a very long time. Yeah, this is this is true. But yeah, so I went to Mac. Um at the time, too, I had kind of a toxic friend who was also a year older in the same program. Um, 
and I commuted to school because I was like, yeah, I'm going to save some money. Oh, and my mom bribed me. She gave me a car. So I was like, oh, great. I'm just going to like commute all the time and I get a free car out of this. But what I didn't know was that I'd have to work anytime I wasn't at school or doing something. Um, yeah, I think like first year was like very difficult for me. Um, at the time I was like, I'm just going to focus on grades. Like maybe I get to transfer to like Ivy or something. Um, I'm not going to join any extracurriculars. And it's like very hard to make friends when you're commuting. So most of the time I just hang out with like high school people or like that one toxic friend. I will call that person, um, I'll call him Poodle. So anyways, so Poodle was like a very close friend. I would like get grades. I would get like, um, I guess like tips and stuff from them, like how to do well in this kind of class. But he would also, like every other man in my life, would also comment on my body and would also comment that I need to make more friends and um, that I really need to go to the gym and like I was letting myself go, that kind of thing. And was like, and he was like, first year is like really important. Like you need to make like the right friends and stuff. Like you, you're just either sitting alone in the library or you're like with your high school friends. And I was like, I don't see any issues with those. Um, and then I guess like, yeah, not, not a great friend. And he would always get like, oh, I remember like he was like kind of controlling a little bit. And when I had class with my other friend, he was very angry that I was geography partners with my friend and was like, hey, like we should have been partners because now I have to take the bus and you could have just driven me around. And I was like, hmm, I don't like that you said that. It's kind of weird, but I was still friends with him anyways. And then I think second and third year was like my opening where I was like, okay, I realize I cannot just focus on grades. I'm not that kind of person. I need to do like extracurriculars. Like this is how I'm going to make friends. This is how I'm going to be like a new me. I still got really shitty grades in first and second year. I think like very, very like low grades. Like you thought 70 was bad. Ha, I almost failed a course. I almost failed like multiple courses actually. Um, yeah, it was really bad. I think I had like really bad study habits and I just like did not know how to study. And then I realized the trick was to memorize everything in one ear, out the other the night before. Um, which is like not good because I retain nothing from my university degree. Um, but yeah, second and third year was like great. I think my grades started to pick up in third, third or fourth year. Third, fourth year was like, wow, great, Maggie. But yeah, I started to make more friends. Um, I started to join more clubs. I started to get more passionate about stuff again. And I was like, wow, I feel so alive. I'm busy all the time, but this is great. And then Poodle would be like, hey, like you're choosing your other friends ex except for me. Like you seem to like light up when other people are around, but you like get really sad when I'm around. And I was like, hmm, is this, is this a reflection? And I think there was a time where I was like, hey, Poodle, I think we should stop being friends. I think this is really toxic. Like, I don't like all the stuff you say to me. I think like we should just like kind of stop being friends. And he got like so upset and he was like calling me all the time and was like, hey, this is like worse than any other breakup I went through. You're like my best friend. Um, I can't believe you did this. And then I think like two weeks went by, I felt bad and we became friends again. That was so silly of me. Silly Maggie. Um, yeah, and then he made me transfer out of my classes to be with him for a lot of fourth year, which I think was kind of crazy looking back. Like, why did I do that? Why did I agree to it? And people in my groups would be like, hey, we don't really like working with Poodle. Like, do you mind if like we just like partner with you instead? And I was like, oh, I kind of told Poodle I would be with him. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that was, that was a weird time. Oh, and then I think, I think like the breaking point too was when like I would go to my friend's birthday. Oh, so whenever like me and Wanda and like people hung out, like I would invite him along as like my plus one. 
because I was like, yeah, like we all get along. But like what people didn't tell me was that they didn't actually like him. I think you told me that and Gabby told me that and someone else did too. But they were like, yeah, I didn't really like Poodle. I just kind of like tolerated because like he was friends with you or like you brought him along and kind of thing. Would you say agree with that? Yeah. Why did no one tell me? They only told me afterwards. It, it was like a bad boyfriend, but we weren't even dating. Yeah, everything you're saying, it really does feel like you had an abusive boyfriend all through university. Right. Because like he was so controlling. He like got jealous if you hung out with other friends. He wanted always to be in a group with you. He like made you do things for him and stuff, which like half of this stuff, like I didn't even know. I didn't know that you transferred it into classes like for him and stuff. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, why did I let this guy, like, dictate so much of my life? Yeah. It's very strange. So, like, even though I said no dating, I still, like, had a weird thing with guys. Like, I let this guy, like, control me around for, like, a lot of the time. And I think we were out for, like, someone's birthday, and he got, like, so mad at me that I went without him. And he didn't get mad at Sally because, like, we, all three of us were, like, pretty close, I think. But he only got mad at me. So I was like, whoa, like, where is this coming from? Like, what? Um... And I think, like, I helped him get a job after university at the place that I got a job at. So I think I was, like, I think I was, like, pretty cool. I got a job, like, very early on in fourth year because I was very, like, tunnel vision again. After my club was finished, I was, like, tunnel vision on getting a job. Um, and I think I got a job, like, very early into second semester for fourth year. So I was, like, peace. I'm done with schoolwork. Um, and I think he was, like, very jealous of that. And then I helped him get a job at the place I was working at, which immediate regret. Um, yeah, so then after I graduated, it was cool, fun times. Um, I had like two weeks off and went straight to work at this bank slash insurance company. Um, and it was like just for a contract job, but I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And that's when like my business mantra like came into my head where I was like, okay, you can work overtime as much as you want. Like the, the dream, like commerce life is to like hustle, grind, like make minimum wage, basically just work like a million hours. This is what commerce has engraved in my head. So I was like, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to like network so hard. I'm going to be like the top person here. I'm going to be so smart. Um, and then I think like he, so Poodle would like, he was an intern, I think, the position I got him. And um, I was like telling him about stuff. I was like, oh, hey, like if you feel like you're doing nothing, like this is your opportunity to network and stuff. And he didn't like that I was suggesting this to him. And he got like really upset and was like, no, why are you telling me what to do? And then I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, you tell me what to do. Like, all of university, you told me to get more friends. You told me to lose weight. You said all these things to me. I didn't hold it against you. And then that's when I, like, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be friends with this person anymore. I'm graduated now. I'm, like, an adult. I'm going to cut this off. So I just ghosted him. And we were still working in the same building. So I would see him sometimes, and I would just be like, oh, hello, how are you? And he'd be like, oh, good, how are you? And he sent me, like, this long message I still haven't read to this day on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is how you, like cut off abusive thing you just ghost them don't talk to them so go I mean, me. you did try you did try to cut him off i have tried yes yeah so it wasn't like he just couldn't take the hit yeah i oh, you yeah. should read the message he kept talking about being transparent and like open communication he said that's all i want for our friendship sounds like a relationship <laughs> honestly right like i think yeah. like it felt like we were like dating but we weren't really dating yeah yeah kind of weird um and i ran into his dating profile back when i was single and i saw like on his hinge profile it was something like what i look for in a partner he's like just transparency and open communication 
and it was like also like if you exercise to like work out and stuff consistently and i was like this feels attacked like i'm not gonna swipe right but this feels attacked on me am i reading too much into this like part of me almost feels like he wanted to date you and but like he wanted to change like so much about you before he could date you and it might just be like a like i don't want to generalize here but like a korean man mentality where they feel like the girls that they have to be with have to be like skinny and everything and like into like exercise but like not bulky exercise but like lean and like cardio and all that stuff so like maybe he was trying to like get to become the girl that he wanted to date yikes um sorry poodle i cannot be that person for you um but also not sorry because i am i'm okay with how i am like it's too late now we're 25 years in i can't change who i am um but yeah no that was i think really good of me to cut him off that like took a long time i remember like talking to nikki about it at the time and like yeah going back and forth and i was like what do i do and then I was like, you know what? The fact that I'm even like talking to you about this, I just already know I need to cut it off. Um, so then like his internship ended. Thank God it was only four months. He didn't get renewed. And I was like, yes, I'm finally here by myself. Um, and then I started making some other friends too. Um, and yeah, like my time at that bank and insurance was like cool, I guess. But I was also very stressed out because I was, again, under like a six month contract. And I was like, like fresh out of school everyone there in my position had like at least five years of experience I felt like I was not kind of worth it at that job and I was always like trying to find ways to show that I was like worthy of working there but I really had like no idea what I was doing and I was asking for so much help and I felt like I didn't get the guidance I needed but also I felt like I was almost like afraid I was afraid of my manager but I was also afraid to really like kind of ask straightforward like what am I supposed to do right now and I think, like, you shouldn't be embarrassed about that. But I think I was kind of too prideful um, because I was, like, trying to prove that, like, I belong there and everything. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, kind of a rough time. But, like, you know, like, it's your first job out of university. I feel like they sometimes forgot about that. And I forgot about that, too, where I was, like, overcompensating. Um, and, like, I really struggled with, like, work-life balance kind of thing. I remember eating, like, shit for so long. And I just looked like, like, ugh. I just like did not work out. I did not. Yeah, it was like bad. I was eating takeout so much. I was commuting. I was like, like, ugh, bad time. Barely saw my friends kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I was renewed for, I think, like another year. I was covering a maternity leave. And then kind of same thing. I got like a better manager kind of thing. Like I talked to her more. I think I started to kind of get into the groove of things. But then like cutbacks came. And they started laying off, I think about like 40% of my department. And obviously like contracts are the first one to go too. So that was like one of the worst moments I think in my life where I had cried at work when that happened to me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like so incompetent. I can't even like keep a job down. I thought I would like stay on because I was like, I was like an elitist. I was like, wow, I work for this company. Like this company is amazing. This company is great. They're my dream company for so long. I have a lot of dream places I want to work at. This was one of them. Um, and yeah, I think like that was like very shocking to me. I didn't tell anyone for like a long time that I was laid off. Um, because also I was like, wow, laid off, like is a failure. Like I'm like, I'm so young and I got laid off. That means I like, wasn't good enough for my job or something like that. Like my worst nightmare was confirmed. 
And to all the people out there, laid off is not a bad thing. It just means it was like pay cuts kind of thing. It's not your own fault. Your own fault is when you are fired. Do you get that mixed up too, Wanda? No, I never say you're fired. I said nice. you're laid off. Nice. Thanks. Um, yeah. So then I was like, I think I only, so they give you like a transitional period. They give you about like two months or something to like look for another job within the company and they try to help you. But like realistically, it's, it's like they're still very difficult, I think. And like there weren't a lot of jobs at the time. So yeah, I was laid off. Um, I was still like very embarrassed to tell people. I think that's like one of my biggest regrets was like I kept telling people like different things if I wasn't close to them and like they're one of the people like you know in like business school like you want to flex on other people that you're doing so well and I think like in the business school community I was like pretty I was like super cool because I like got a job so early and I had like a really cool sounding position in a really cool company too so I was like so embarrassed to tell people that I was laid off and I would be like oh yeah like they um I was up for another job but like I didn't get it that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, kept, I keep forgetting what I told people, but like I told people different things. Only like my cl- close circle knew that I was laid off. Uh, and then I think like four months, yeah, I was unemployed for four months. It was like objectively like a very tough four months. I was like applying to places. My sleep schedule was messed up. I was very sad all the time. I felt like I deserved nothing. I was gaining a lot of weight, but I was also going to the gym a lot. So I was very bulky. Um, very weird time in my life, I think. Yeah. What was I like during that time? Do you remember? I don't. Well, like, I know when you first got laid off, you told me not to tell anyone. Mm. Um, And I mean this in the best way possible. But the fact that they brought in, like, a grief counselor and, like, asked if you were okay during the meeting, like, when they told you, I thought, like, now looking back to it, it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny, yeah. It was like, um, the company is called LifeWorks. Yeah, they hire, they hire like, yeah, a great person to be there. They're like, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to call anyone? Do you need, oh, they offered like to get a taxi for me. And I was like, whoa, cool. No, I will drive through my tears. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what they didn't want for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think when I was let go, like people heard about it too, because they announced it like later that, like they announced like, who on our immediate team was being let go and people like out of solidarity they were like oh this place is turning to like a hellhole like i don't even want to stay here for that long i want to leave too mm-hmm. like i'm gonna leave so soon and i was like thank you but i know you're lying to me because you've been at this company for 20 years thank you so much though <laughs> <laughs> um but it was like a nice comment like i i don't think there's like a lot you can really say there um yeah that was that was a fun time i think it was a very like it was a time where I was like, okay, companies don't really care about you that much. They, they'll they quick to replace you. Because then when I, yeah, okay. So I had four months. I was interviewing like crazy, trying to work on myself, did a bunch of courses and stuff. Then I got, um, I think I got like a new job around like end of January, February-ish around my birthday when I turned 24. Great year. Um, and then like two companies reached out to me. So my old company reached out to me and they're like, Hey, like we're actually hiring for your position again. Like now we got more money. Um, if you're interested, like, like, please come back, like, no, please come back. But like, we want you to like talk to the hiring manager. Like, you know them really well. Like, I'm sure they'll be more than open to like you coming back. And I was like, thanks, but like, no, thanks. I'm like very happy where I am. Um, and then the second place, which is my current job, finally reached out to me and they're like, hey like we really liked you i know it's been a while but like come back 
and like come work for us and i was like okay cool um by the way can i get a extra like week off can i delay my start time i want to go to italy with my friend and they're like lol no and thank god that they said no because italy was hit so hard with covid so many people were dying this is around was this our oh wow that thank god for them i guess thank god um yeah so i had to like quit my job at the time i only worked there for like a week and i cried very hard when i was quitting i am very emotional as i went through um yeah and i was like what the hell i've only known these people for a week why am i crying i think i was just like so scared of quitting i was afraid of what their reaction would be but realistically they can't be like no you have to stay yeah that was like pretty cool and then i started my current job where it's very interesting i think i think um it's definitely like good um i'm definitely like getting into the hang of it but um (laughs) yeah you know i'm always looking for opportunities to grow in my career and i think i'm still young and I have a hopeful and bountiful future. What else? Oh, and then I started dating. Um, I think, no, I've always been dating since like university. Like I always go on like casual first dates with people, but like I never, like I always see like red flags in people because I'm like, I don't want to make mistakes and stuff. I don't like messing up. Even though I was with Poodle for like a very long time. It was a very controlling friendship. Um, and I think, yeah, I think like Nick, like he, yeah, he didn't have any red flags. This is what concerned me. But no, I think it was good. Um, it took me a while to date. I have no regrets about that. I think, yeah, 25 was when I first started dating. I have my official relationship. So anyone out there, I see no problems with that. Stay single for as long as you need. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think you should be happy being single because if anything happens, you're going to have to die alone and you might as well be happy with yourself. Even though I still hate, like, myself a little bit, like, it flares up here and there, and I still struggle with body issues and self-esteem and everything, but you have to remember that the other person's not allowed to say anything bad or hate you. You're the only one allowed to say bad things about yourself. Now, I guess, going through this, like, is there anything that, like, you want to reflect back on more so? Do you think, like, the, like, bad quote-unquote experiences made you into the person that you are today what did that controlling relationship teach you anything like that i think yeah i think i'm more mindful now of like what i do like i'm very now if i do something i have to make sure that there's a purpose like even if it's like doing nothing i have to like okay this is like me time like i cannot be with anyone and i think i do i'm more like mindful of the me time because i think I, i always overwhelmed myself trying to like make everyone happy um and i think i'm better at that now now i'm a little bit more selfish which is a good thing. Would you say that I have become a better person over time? Yeah, I think so. I think you've become less of a people pleaser. um, And I think that's a good thing. Not for me, but for you. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, And I think you've gotten, I guess, like more emotional. Like I want to say like you are better at expressing your emotions. I think that was something you had a lot of trouble with in high school. Um, Because you never really, I guess, talked about that stuff. Like a lot of the things that happened to you in high school and university are things that like I'm still learning to this day. Like, cause you didn't really talk about, I guess the sadder stuff to me. Yeah. I don't know if I really, I think I like said it in a passing cause I didn't think it was a big deal at the time. But now looking <laughs> back, I'm like, wait, you let a guy do this stuff to you? And I was always like, oh my God, I don't get how like people become so codependent in relationships and stuff and i'm like fuck that happened to me and i wasn't even dating yeah would you change anything about your past um 
No, I don't think. I mean, I would have loved to live in res, I think. I think that would have been fun looking back. Like, I think that is like kind of like a like an entry thing into university. Like, I think that's where you like make friends and stuff. Like you figure out what it's like to live on your own. Um, yeah, and I think it's like a really good experience. I encourage everyone to like live in res for first year. But I think like just my situation, like I didn't like living in res is very expensive, I think. And I just like did not have like Matt gives like shitty scholarships. So I just like did not have the financial means. I wanted to help out my mom. I got a car out of it. So that kind of thing. If you can, I yeah. encourage you to live in res. Yeah, it's definitely a different experience. Mm-hmm. Even if you hate that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even though I hated my roommate, I still have no regrets in living on residence. Like I think just commuting to school is just like you just don't really get the whole university experience and it's harder, it's way harder to make friends mm-hmm. um, just because like people are often like, oh, like we should do this after class and you're like, oh, I can't because I have to go drive back home or like, yeah. oh, like I can't stay and go to this mm-hmm. party because I don't have anywhere to stay. Like, I don't know, it's just, you, you'd kind of do miss out on the experiences of being a first year university student, I guess. And like, yeah, commute second year. <laughs> yeah, I... I think that was, yeah, that's a good summary. I, yeah, I didn't really go to a lot of parties. I never really got to go through, like, my party girl phase. And I don't know if I really need a party. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm meant for that party lifestyle anyways. I don't think that's to me. Yeah, I mean, you can barely drink. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm a horrible drinker. Yeah, I mean, at, I think when I was after graduating, because I didn't really get, like, that high school experience, and I didn't really get, like, the university experience that everyone's talking about. So I was always like looking back like, hmm, do I have any regrets about this? But I'm like, no, I don't. I think I did what I wanted to do. Extracurriculars, work for my mom, hang out with my friends. That's really what it is. That's really what life is. Gained a shit ton of weight though. I get, wow, I had such bad eating habits. Did not work out once. And I was still surprised like, whoa, how come I'm going up a size and everything? Like, why did you think, May? You think you can eat like chicken nuggets and fries at 4 a.m. and like there's no consequence? Oh, I wish. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My whole workout thing only started, I think, a little bit after university. I think when Juana started going to the gym, that's when I was like inspired. I was like, whoa, I should go to the gym too. This is great. I'm going to focus on eating healthy and stuff and working out. And that was like my whole, how long has it been? Three year long fitness journey. Um, I, I don't know if I've made that much progress. I think I'm like a little bit more toned now. And I think I'm more mindful of what I eat. But I don't, Okay, I'm trying not to look at the scale. I think looking at the scale is like very bad for you, but I still can't help but look at it. I have not been on a scale for like, I think I talked about this in like episode two, like the weight loss episode. I've not been on a scale for like over a year now because I think it's just damaging to my mental health, but also damaging to like my progress in the gym. Because like as soon as I see that I'm up in weight, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I should eat less. And that's not really, it's like counterproductive if I want to get stronger. So yeah. then it just, it's just not great for me. And I've been so much happier ever since. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know why. I just like keep looking at the scale for some reason. And like there have been like, pictures out there where they're like, this is a one pound difference. And the person looks like so much thinner or like just so much better overall. And it was like, they're up one pound. So it really just goes to show that like the scale is not everything. You should really focus on how you feel, focus on your body. Yeah, work out. I think like lifting weights has been like a huge game changer. Like 
your muscles are working overtime, you just look like so much better. Moral of the story is focus on yourself, do what makes you happy. Don't let, don't be a people pleaser like me. I mean, I still kind of am. I, I find that like I'm still trying too hard to be a people pleaser. And like, I try very hard to make Nick happy, but I'm like, wait, he should be trying to make me happy. What am I doing here right now? I mean, no, the first date we had, I think the first dinner date. Oh my God, I remember how nervous I was. Do you remember that? Like I was telling you, I was like, oh my God, I have to like eat in front of a boy. It's gonna be so messy. Like I don't wanna do this. I have like so much food anxiety, like eating in front of people that I don't know. Um. Yeah, and I think like he fought me on the bill. Like he took my card away and I was like, that's hot. Wow, we're gonna, we're gonna get along well. Aw. Yeah, I remember you were like, we're going to a Mexican place. And so then messy. you were like, oh, I might get tacos. And you're like, oh, but it's so messy and everything. Like, how do I eat? Because I know like you did express that you did have like insecurities and stuff of like eating in front of like guys. Yeah. I hate that because like my whole thing with guys who are always commenting on my body because if I eat too much, then they're like, oh, typical of like a bigger girl to eat too much. And then if I don't eat enough, like I eat too little, they're like, oh, she's on a diet or something because she's like so big. So I'm like, ugh, I really don't want to play into any of those mindset. But then really, it's just my own mindset doing that. Like, who told me those things? All the men in your life. <laughs> All the men in my life, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for telling us your story. It no was problem. nice. I also learned a lot. Wow. Even though I knew a lot of it, I also learned a lot. And I implore you to share more with me in the future. Oh, I feel like I overshare now. I tell you, like, so much gross things about my life. And I'm <laughs> yeah, but I... I don't mind them. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm an oversharer now. Like I share yeah. too much. Like shut the fuck up, Maggie. Be mysterious for once in your life. But like I'm not going to hold that against you. Like I think it's yeah. better for you to overshare than undershare. And it's not like any like none of the stuff you've ever told me. I've been like this is so TMI. disgusting. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe she would tell me this. Like this is so personal. Like I like I would never if someone wants to share something with me I will be open years to Aww. it. Actually, this is true. Like, I think, like, out of my friends, like, you and Gabby are, like, two of the people who are, like, this is, like, not TMI. Like, you can literally tell me anything disgusting and, like, no yeah. judgment at all. But I think for a long time, like, you both were, like, very sex positive, like, very, like, all gross stuff positive. Like, no judgment. So, yeah, really appreciate that about you, too. I tell you, too, yeah. <laughs> all the gross things about my life. Unless you start wanting to be like, I want to shit on Nick's chest and I want it to be sexual, I think I will be open and okay with it. I'd be saying that thing where it was like the Ask Reddit thing where it was like, what was something you thought was hot until it happened to you? Did <laughs> you talk about that one? Um, the Is it the one where he hired like a well-known um, scat, I guess like, escort or something and he was like yeah. super into um or like he loved watching people shit and like yeah. other people's mouths <laughs> i guess and then like as soon as she did it he was like oh my god i've made a grave mistake <laughs> and he was like i didn't want to say anything though so i just let her keep going but then i immediately like washed out my mouth and never looked back onto those videos again um i don't know how we got here and <laughs> I think we need to end it off before we go any further down this hole. <laughs> okay. Overall, um, summary, life is good. Um, I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with my friends, my boyfriend, um, my family. Well, thanks again. And 
thanks for watching another or i guess listening to another episode of apologetically me catch us wherever you get your podcast and on youtube oh so you're doing the peace sign thing again <laughs> follow us on a tiktok instagram and twitter and come back next thursday for another episode of apologetically me bye, bye.